Hello and welcome to season one, episode four of Mother's Legacy. I am your host, Dr. Marquisha Frost, and I'm so excited to talk all things motherhood with you today. I know motherhood in and of itself is such a broad topic that I struggled um, in really thinking about what I wanted the focus of this episode to be um, as we celebrate mothers in all their forms and fashions today. Um, you know, it dawned on me that motherhood, while it may be a universal uh, sort of space that we, we cast moms into, it does not hold universal meaning, right? And so when we think about the relationships that we have with our mothers, the relationships that we have with women who mother us but did not birth us, as well as the relationships we have with our own children, for those of us that are mothers or consider ourselves mothers, that differs broadly. Uh, and so as you listen to this episode, I'm hoping that you will call in. I'll share a link for those of you who are interested in leaving a message to share with me how you define motherhood. What is motherhood to you? What is it not? What does it include, exclude? What are the defining characteristics of mothers? I know for me, motherhood has been one of the most incredible experiences in my life. When I think about the relationships that I have with other women, when I think about the relationship that I have with my mother and the mother that birthed me. And when I think about the relationships that I have with women who mother me, and by mother me, I mean women who nurture me, who encourage me, who help me to grow, who aid me as I navigate life. I really hold so much respect and so much gratitude for this space, to be able to occupy this space and to, and to feel a sense of sisterhood uh, by way of mothering. It is and has been one of my life's unprecedented joys. I mean, it truly is so much a part of who I am, the way that I think, the way that I plan, the way that I love, the way that I build, the way that I navigate life and trials and transitions. And I recognize that because I became a mother at such a young age, my mothering identity overlaps um, or exists simultaneously with all other parts of me. Um, I think I was a mother before I was a woman. I was a mother before I had a doctorate degree. I was a mother before I was a wife. I was a mother before I graduated high school. I found out that I was pregnant with my first child on April Fool's Day, 2008. I'll never forget it. I sat in the nurse's office um, 
waiting for a friend of mine <laughs> to show up to school. I think she had a late start. Seems like she took forever. I was waiting for her to show up to school with a pregnancy test. She worked at Walgreens. It was convenient. Um, she brought it in. I took the test. It read positive. I don't know if it was out of fear or frustration or anxiety that I immediately text the father of my son to let him know, hey, I'm pregnant. And immediately following the sending of that text message called my mother and and through tears and uh, muffled uh i don't i don't even know how she understood me i said mom i'm i'm pregnant and she said you all aren't going to get me again your sister just called and pretended she got in a fight and now you're pretending to be pregnant you know y'all go on with that have a good rest of the day. I'll see you after school. Except it wasn't an April Fool's joke. <laughs> I recognize now that so much of what I thought motherhood was and so much of what I thought it meant to mother, that, that understanding for me has been completely redefined, quite frankly, um, directly through the relationship that I have with my children. My children are, you know, always have been and continue to be my greatest teachers. I have learned so much about myself as a woman, as a human being, as a mother, through them. And I, I, feel, I feel so fortunate to exist in a space where that is the reality. And I recognize that each of my children have taught me something different. And they serve as my greatest teachers in, in different spaces. And so uh, Makai, for example, my first child, my, my sunshine, he really served as a teacher for growth, a teacher of, um, you know, he, he really pushed me into a space and a shift, a metamorphosis, if you will, to become a better person. I was not my healthiest self uh, when I conceived and carried and birthed him. But he has always been such a beautiful reminder of what is possible for me. I'm so proud of who he is and how he is. And I feel so blessed to have been the vessel that carried him.
we essentially grew up together. And when I think about my 19 year old self carrying and birthing and mothering him, I am truly in awe of, of myself, of him, of God, and of that experience and how much it made me who I am today. And I know with undoubted certainty that I could not be the mother that I am to Miles, my second born, if it had not been for the experience I um, had and received in mothering Makai. It's so funny to me how when you pray for something, God has a way of preparing you for it. And when, I don't know about you all, but for myself, when I make these requests and when I petition God, I'm oftentimes not thinking about that process. I am praying and believing and seeking him for, for what it is that I want, not what it takes to to receive it and I learned that I learned to be intentional in not only that prayer and that seeking after but in that preparing for what it is that I was petitioning God for and I was asking for miles at a time when I was not ready to receive him and so um I've, I, I am a planner and as I begin to plan out, you know, these things with Makai, it was, it was all grind and I achieved everything that I wanted to achieve. And then I got to a place of, okay, I've finished my doctoral program and I've gotten my dream job and I've relocated to a new city and state and I've gotten married. And so now um, I want to just enjoy the fruits of my labor. And so I did. Um, I worked, 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 worked. Um, I traveled. I, I, I truly and thoroughly enjoyed this life that I felt like I had worked so, so long and so hard to build. And then I got to a place where I couldn't, I couldn't find joy in any of it anymore. I, I needed a refill, and that is exactly what I prayed for, is for God to fill me up, to refill me with the joy that I once had, with the ambition that I once had, and to help me to reconnect to the things that really kept my cup and my life in the overflow. And again, I petitioned him and I, and I sought after these things and I was not at all prepared again for the process by which I would receive them. And so in my waiting for miles, I experienced hurt uh, and loss and had to grapple with some of the ugly parts of my life 
before I was ready to receive him. And if you've been so fortunate to meet him, you know why. He is joy. He is light. He is life personified. And so I could not receive him in a, in a place or space of lack. And so God took me through some, a roller coaster ride, uh, some of the hardest days of my life. And before receiving miles, I had to break through again, some of the ugliest parts of my life and some of the ugliest parts of my identity. And I had to rebuild and in doing that. And in order to rebuild, I had to be broken. And it's so ironic what really led me to the place and space where I was able to do that. Um, I miscarried. And this is something that I've never publicly talked about. Um, there are people close to me who, who don't even know that I experienced that, but I did. And following that period, I became uh, what I would describe as the best version of myself. I became a better human being, a better wife, a better woman, a better mother. Um, and, and the irony in that is that that loss taught me so much about gain. During that time, I listened to this song and it really carried me through this time. And I thought about why me? Why am I experiencing this? What is this going to teach me? And um, I would describe this period of time for me. It can, it can best be described, I think, through the words of that song. Um, the song is by Solange Knowles and it's called Cranes in the Sky. I tried to drink it away I tried to put one in the air I tried to dance it away I tried to change it with my hand I ran my credit card below Thought a new dress would make it better Tried to work it away, but that just made me even sadder. I tried to keep myself busy. I ran around in circles, think I make myself dizzy. I slept it away, I sexed it away, I read it away. Away. The lyrics in this song were exactly how I felt. 
it, it was exactly how I tried to grapple with the loss of a child that I would never meet, a child that I would never hold, a child that I would never see or name or celebrate. It was, it was very difficult for me to accept that. And so, like she says in the song, you know, I tried to work it away. I ran the credit card bill up. I thought a new dress would make it better. I tried to change it with my hair. <laughs> you know, the, the lyrics in this song so much describe the way in which I attempted to grapple with that loss. And then there came a time where I realized that this was all connected to my prayer. This was all connected to the preparation required for me to receive the gift that is miles. That loss, while it was difficult, taught me so much about preparing for what you pray for. And without that loss, I would not have been positioned to receive the gain, which is Miles, Miles Monroe. So much of what I needed to rid myself of, so much of what I needed to heal through was directly connected to the way in which I would be called to love and nurture and raise him. And I could not do that as the woman I was before I experienced this loss. I would have failed <laughs> miserably. And I recognize that while that experience is not one that I wish on anybody else and is one that I hope I never have to experience again. It was so, 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 so necessary for me. And so, um, you know, I, I step into this space and I'm thinking about this Mother's Day from a much different vantage point than I have in the past. Uh, because a little over two weeks ago, God gave me a daughter. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it still doesn't feel real. Um, little Miss Delaney made her way into the world a little over two weeks ago. And I literally have not breathed the same way since. 
I have not felt the same way since. I don't, I, life, motherhood, love, everything is different because of this little lady. Upon meeting her um, a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, um, I experienced something and I, I don't know how to articulate it. Uh, I, I carried her for almost 41 weeks and I didn't know that it was a girl. And so all throughout this pregnancy, I've been going back and forth about, you know, everything from names to am I having a boy? Am I having a girl to, oh, you know, when, when baby might come and what that experience is going to be like. And a part of me always knew that Delaney was Delaney, if that makes sense. I was afraid to have a daughter. I recognized for me that it it would require me to, to elevate again. had this feeling inside of me that if I were to birth a daughter, she would serve as the the clearest and purest reflection of my imperfection and my strengths. And I was right. After a little over 10 hours of medication-free labor, a natural labor of vaginal birth, I pushed my legacy out into this world. I held her in my arms and I was shaking and I was crying. She is the most powerful human being I have ever met. She looked at me with the brightest of eyes And I literally felt like my heart stopped beating. I felt like she saw my soul. And I have never in my life felt a stronger connection to anyone or anything.
She has forever changed the design of my heart. find myself completely overwhelmed in, in terms of, of feeling blessed. And I'd be remiss if I only spoke about my experiences with my own children and did not talk about the experiences um, that I was birthed into um, by way of my relationship with my own mother. And so um, I mentioned, you know, my children are my greatest teachers well, before them, it was certainly my mother. And in all of her glory, uh, she is a woman that I have the utmost respect for. I, I love my mother so much and I honor her. I'm continuing to find new ways to create space and honor her for all that she's given me. And I am likewise creating space uh, to, to respect all that she has taught me, all that I have learned from her, and to also unlearn a lot of the unhealthy um, coping mechanisms and survival tactics and misguided independence, um, poverty-stricken mindsets, there were a number of things for me to unlearn. And I don't think that that discounts her at all. Um, she has been everything that I, every everything that I at some point in my life wanted to be. Strong, independent, creative, resourceful, loving, solid, loyal. Um, but the, the older I get and the stronger I get in my purpose, the better I get at recognizing just how much there is for me to unlearn. And even in my unlearning, I recognize that none of these things were passed on to me as intentional deficits, right? Um, you hear Delaney. She's, she's letting me know my time is up in here. Um, and none of, none of these things were passed on to me as intentional deficits. I recognize that. In recognizing that, I likewise recognize that that does not mean that I should keep them, right? That unlearning is inevitable for my growth, for my development. And I recognize that's Miles <laughs> letting me know that Delaney is letting me know my time is up here. Um, but I, I recognize that my mother and in, in, in so much of what she does well, uh, like all of us, it has her own faults, right? And the stronger I get in my purpose, the more dedicated I get to becoming the woman that I believe God has ordained me to be. And so I, I recognize that in prioritizing the purpose that I feel God has assigned me, there is a level of irrelevancy that everything else reaches. 
in, in comparison to that. And so um, unlearning the, the poverty-stricken mindset, unlearning the misguided independence, the, the I don't need a man, um, unlearning these sort of survival tactics that you develop by way of underdeveloped coping mechanisms and, um, you know, growing up in a space where the lack outweighs the level of abundance and the security is so inconsistent. Um, and these are things that I don't want to pass on to my children, right? And I recognize that I'm in a space where I'm cognizant of the generational curses I am breaking. I also recognize that curses weren't the only being passed on to me, right? And so I'm, I'm keeping the things that I feel make me strong and make me progressive and help me to be a better human being. And I am replacing those things uh, that have taught me to um, rob Peter to pay Paul and to put my own needs on the back burner. And, and those other messages that we learn by way of watching women who have had to navigate life and all that it throws at you on their own. And so I'm finding new ways every day to honor my mother while developing healthier um, habits for myself and passing on much healthier messages to my own children. I, I, I recognize that they not only deserve that, but I deserve that too. I started this conversation off by sharing that my, my children are my greatest teachers. And each of them have, have been gifted to me in a different season in my life. I know that that's not accidental. I know that that is by God's design and by his divine intervention that that, that has happened for me. I feel so blessed. And in all that my children have taught me in these, these very personal and critical and connected lessons, there has been an underlying theme, if you will, about healing. There's so much to be said about giving birth in the natural and its direct or indirect connection to giving birth in the spiritual or the emotional realm. And with each of my pregnancies and each of my children's births, I have likewise birthed something spiritually and emotionally. My pregnancies and, and my children's births are likewise connected to elevation that I have experienced 
And again, I know that it is only by God's design. My children have called me to be someone stronger, someone wiser, someone healthier. someone more forgiving, someone healed. And I recognize that in order for me to mother them, to nurture them, to love them, to cover and keep and lead them, I am required to be a better version of myself. My children arrived at the perfect time. I think when we think about motherhood and we think about our mothering stories and the narratives that we have around our children Time is a, is a concept that surfaces again and again and again. And while many would say that my having Makai at 19 is not good timing, it was perfect timing for me. There was a shift required and he served as the catalyst for that shift. The same with Miles. And likewise with Delaney. My children make me want to heal the parts of me that I've maybe held on to because it serves as a crutch or because it's wrapped up tightly in my identity. You know, the parts of me that are imperfect but long-standing. The parts of me that I've told myself are just fine the way that they are. And the parts of me that require me to strip down. Those are the hardest parts to heal. The parts that are rooted in our identity, the parts that are rooted in the narrative that we feel has made us so successful and, and the parts that we hold on to because we feel like Letting them go hurts more. And this final act of birth, <laughs> a little over two weeks ago, I relinquish all that I'm holding on to that is not mine. I step into another period of my life where I am petitioning God and cautiously right? Because like I said, I, I recognize that there is a process 
that follows that petitioning. And that process is meant to prepare us for the things that we are petitioning and praying for. I trust that. I'm, I'm ready for that, no matter how painful it might be. And I am encouraging mothers everywhere. If you are listening to this podcast and you are a mother, first and foremost, happy Mother's Day. I'm so proud of you. I see you, I feel you, and I'm rooting for you. Our children call us to be better versions of ourselves. And as they grow, they test us in the area of self-improvement. They are reflections, again, of our imperfections and our strengths. If you are a mother and you are listening today, I encourage you to get on the path towards self-improvement. I encourage you to take an active approach to healing. And I invite you to connect with me via Marquisha and Co. To work toward whatever betterment looks like for you. Our children deserve to have us as healed, healthy, and whole versions of ourselves. They really do. And we should want that not only for them, but for us as well. As women, as mothers, as wives, as human beings, we deserve to be whole. And so whatever it is that's standing in the way of you and your wholeness, of you and being the healthiest version of yourself, I invite you to come work with me to to navigate that. As I am simultaneously doing it for myself. Sisters, thank you so much for tuning in to Sister to Sister, the podcast. This is episode four, A Mother's Legacy. I'm so, so grateful to have shared the things that I've shared with you all today. I'm so grateful to have the space to connect with you all in this way. And I invite you to connect and to share too using the link in the summary of the podcast. If you have anything that you want to share about mothering, your mothering story, about navigating motherhood, or the relationships that you have with the women or the people who have mothered you, I welcome those messages. Click the link, send the voice memo, um, and, and connect that way. You can also connect always and at any time 
with me online at www.marquishaandco.com. Thank you so much for listening and happy, happy Mother's Day.